You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. The Trek Files, Season 7, Episode 5, Star Trek Director Deal Memos, 1968. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans. <laughs> all you Star Trek history buffs, all you canonistas, I say that lovingly, all you tech heads, and yes, all you Trekophiles, spelled with an F. <laughs> this week, we have a uniquely unfair saga to share with you. Now, I know we all like our Star Trek to be about respect and equality on camera and off. But you know, after all the decades that Gene's universe has been in some kind of production, just as with any workplace, the power structure and the moves, the reactions that fly when the bosses demand answers, at times that does come into play. And sometimes the reactions are unjust and even damaging. The entertainment industry and the 1960s, sadly, have no monopoly there. Well, that's the subtext behind our two Trek files this week. So, as with every episode we bring you, you can check both of those documents out at our hub on Facebook, facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. So, take a look, and then give a listen to this audio sample, and then I'll be right back with this week's special guest who, yes, was caught up in all this, even blacklisted for a time, until he made his comeback. prepare an agreement with Herb Wallerstein, whereby he shall render services as Director of Principal Photography of Star Trek Episode Number 9, entitled The Tholian Web. We have agreed to have the DGA determine what credit Wallerstein should be afforded, inasmuch as Ralph Sininsky directed the first three days of the episode. Well, you heard it. Of course, we're back in the original series days. This time in the often derided third season, when Gene Roddenberry stepped back, hired Fred Freiberger to run the show for the last year, and the freelance writers, although with more input from Gene as we were originally led to believe. But what was just as impactful as Freiberger's actions that season, and yet has often been overlooked over the years, is the buyout of Star Trek's original home Desilu Studios by a Paramount Pictures anxious to jump in on the late 60s bandwagon of movie studios expanding their income base and reach by getting into the TV production business that they once turned up their collective noses to. Now, Desilu's expensive offspring, Star Trek, and Mission Impossible, were both treated as stepkids by the new owners, including the incoming Paramount Pictures execs like new end credits final card guy Douglas S. Kramer, executive in charge of production. Those painful third season budget cuts that we've always heard about actually were all about the new owners turning the screws to staunch any more overruns. And our returning guest today was one unlikely and unfair casualty of that hard line. A guest that I actually went to visit in person in an interview at his home in June 2021. Yes, I'm talking about seven-time original Star Trek director Ralph Sinensky, 
who had just turned 98 a month before he shared his amazing and sharp memories of the era with me, including that time he got fired. On the much-beloved classic, The Tholian Web. Basically for being quote-unquote inept and unprofessional in running over his sick day schedule and budget. Which is not what you'd expect from the man who had directed classics like The Paradise Syndrome and Metamorphosis, as well as Bread and Circuses, Obsession, Return to Tomorrow, and Season 3's Is There In Truth No Beauty. I mean, who ever heard of a director who could be done in by a costume? Because yes, here, when we say the suits, we actually mean the kind you wear, not the kind who runs studios. Especially the silver spacey kind that famously debuted in the Tholian web. Well, barely. <laughs> Here's Ralph. And I tell you something, I think Bread and Circuses was shot in the six days. Mm-hmm. And I know Obsession was. I mean, Paradise, uh, Metamorphosis, I know when seven, but it had to. I mean, it just, it, you know. Well, if you're changing out set uh, the, pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Paradise went seven because we lost Jill mm-hmm. and had, had that extra location day thrown in. Yeah, well, that's why Tholian Webb is just insane to me. But it was really because of the stupid suits. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And those are the first day, the earliest days. Hmm? Those were the first days shooting in the suits. First day, very first day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very first morning on a Monday. And why did the production manager not on Friday when he knew the suits had not, not, they weren't finished, they hadn't even started making them. Why did he not reschedule something else for Monday morning? Or Because they had five, what, there's... There's Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Chekhov. There's several of them in the suits. Four. There's, yeah. Four suits. But they had not e- They had their first fitting on Sunday. Why? You know, I've worked with production managers, and if they foresaw a problem, mm-hmm. then you make an adjustment. You know, they're there to help the show get through its schedule, not right. to stand there with a whip saying, well, well, we told you this is what you're to do. Why didn't you do it? So, suits, first thing on Monday, yeah, there's no bathroom pouch flap. Everybody has to, you have to put stitch, be stitched in. Hmm? What, yeah, talk about this. What, well, what was well, they, well they, they didn't have zippers. They didn't have mm-hmm. snaps. They sewed them in. And again, but when we got there, they didn't have any suits at, at 7 o'clock in the morning. They, did, they didn't have them. They just had their first fitting the next day. All that morning, they were going, they were over there being... You know, having the final fitting and being sewed in, and so I I didn't start shooting until well, I, but the first suit we got we got uh, Kirk's suit first, and so with the helmet on, I remember and I don't even remember which scene we shot a couple of close-ups I, because I had everything laid out, so I shot a couple of his close-ups for scenes we hadn't staged yet. And then when it came, finally came, finally got through the day, but again got slowed down because the, when the guys had to go to the John, they had to be un, un, unsewn, go to the John, come back, be sewn back in, and not all four went to the John at the same time. As you would expect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you would expect. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first day you were a half day behind. By, by the end of the first day, I was a half day. Sound like day you were behind. robbed of a half day from the fitting, just of course, as much as if course. somebody had been sick or something. Of course. 
So then the next then you, the next couple of days go by. Yeah, I shot each day's work, got it done. But you were just still but, but carrying I, that I, last I was, half but day. But I was still a half a day behind. Yeah, you were carrying that first day's load. So the end of the third day. They asked, they asked me to come to Fred Freiberger's office, and he fired me. He said he needed a, he needed to hire a, a fireman. What meaning what? Somebody that would just get in and no matter what, get it done. Oh, just like one take Charlie or whatever, one take Fritz. And so Herb Wallerstein was, he comes in and um, just does that, I guess, basically, just yeah. slams it out. Well, well and, and actually at that point, all they had left were scenes that could be done like that because yeah. uh, beside the stuff with the suits and that, that other ship with all that, with their effects... And then there there were action sequences in the in Scotty's mm-hmm. room. I mean, there there were things that were happening there that were big were big production. Those were all out of the way. It was just the bread that what I call the bread and butter scenes left that I probably could have done. I was going to say, could you have caught yourself oh, up? Yeah, of course. Uh, so you, it was like so on high. I mean, I know the big picture was Paramount was really nervous about these inherited Desilu shows, and especially Star Trek. About yeah. they were really coming down hard on the bean counter. I know, you know, I know. and that, and they also had Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. and that you were just, it's, you were just a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. It's insane. And, and if you know what, I have worked for well, when I did Mission Impossible, it was still Desilu, and that show did have because of his scope did have a seven day schedule. But uh, have you, I don't know if you've seen that show, The Train. I, oh, no, I haven't. I may have, but I... Because it, it has, it's a whole thing where they're going to take a train and, and, and put it on process as if the train is moving across. I mean, it's, 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 it's really a caper. And uh, we did that. I, I had a lot of stuff at the train, had a, two trains mm-hmm. with, with two cameras, trains and a lot of stuff. Uh, 69 setups at one day. Hmm. That, that was the show that won the, the Emmy. Oh, congratulations. I didn't get it. They got it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they would have gotten an Emmy for it huh? for you. That's that's one of those cases where, oh. Yeah, no, I right. know it worked. And, and, and they, they, they showed their appreciation that when we need to come back and do six more the next year. Well, good. Yeah. But I didn't. Oh. I said no. Oh, to to what? Why? Why not? Oh, it was a killer. That's what. I, yeah. It was a killer, and a close friend of mine, Leonard Horn, who did a lot of them, and he died very early. Mm. <laughs> he died about that years well, later. No, or? no, but I, I, he just he did them, and then I don't know that 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 caused it, but I mean he died an early death. The stress. Well, this, it, they were still they were stressing out and burning out on Star Trek. Oh, oh absolutely. Bob Justman left, and well, Gene earlier, and. So many of them didn't make it to the end. Gene stepped back, oh, big yeah, Gene. Yeah. Were you really, really, really pissed? I mean, how, how did that leave, where did that leave you? Well, it was a moot point about Star Trek because they got canceled anyway. Yeah. I mean, did you, you know? Well, I mean, well, the, the next day, Doug Kramer had big articles in both Daily Variety and The Reporter about the firing. Oh. And naming me. And that directors, you know, that had to start paying attention. I didn't work for months. That's, yeah. Well, I can see. Yeah. If he's going to shame you in the public square like yes, that. Yes, yes. And, it, and it, just, it worked. 
Well, when did you when did you get back in the saddle? Uh, I think that was in August. I'm not sure, but I think sometime in November, uh, I got a call. Uh, would I go out to MGM to meet Jimmy Comac about the courtship of Eddie's father? Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing there is that I mean, I said yes, and I loved the show. And the first day, I don't know whether it was during the prep or when I was shooting, but Herb Solo, who had, by then had left mm-hmm. Desilu, was over head of production there, and he came down to see me to tell me that when Jimmy asked for me, he said, I didn't say no. Well, he knew you. Oh, of course he knew. Yeah, that's, yeah. Of course, of course yeah. he knew. But it was nice of him to come down and say yeah. hi. And, 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 and Gene Roddenberry called me. After this, and yeah, said the, 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 the next day, and said, "Gosh, I'm sorry." Oh yeah, I, uh, yeah. I mean, it, this was a studio thing; it was out of my hands. I could, yeah. So after that courtship stint and James Comack and and all that, then things got back to normal. It didn't really; it dinged you for a few months, but then you had a pretty I mean, well. It uh, for a few months, for a year or so, I did sitcoms because of Eddie's father. And then a friend of mine was producing, Charlie, Charlie Fitzsimons, an old, old friend, I mean, a close, close friend, was producing uh, Nanny and the Professor, so oh, he yeah. hired me. Uh, uh, there was somebody I'd known at CBS, who, and he was now an agent for, for a product. And he, he had been on, on mission of representing and so he knew about the mission and he knew me and he was at that time doing the the Bill Cosby show and they were having director problems and he suggested me so I worked over there so I ended up doing what nine thirteen twenty about twenty four sitcoms no more than that because I also did the Bobby Sherman show so, oh wow! Okay, I, I was I was a sitcom director <laughs> to the point where that that year that period, Mark, Marcus Welby came on the air, and my agents you know submitted me you know, mm-hmm. and David Victor who was producing who had been the associate producer on Doctor Kildare when I started right. there and then after the first year produced it and I did two shows for him there and I did another when he was mm-hmm. a producer and another show for him at at Universal. The, the name of the game, and when they submitted, he submitted me, and David said, "Yeah, but he's a sitcom director." Not, not, not on uh, Marcus Welby, then. No, no, he wouldn't hire me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that didn't. But you got back into one. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and you know, in by 1973, yeah, 73 when I started the Waltons, and that was that was oh, my that's la- right. That, you did, that was yes. that was my last Oasis, and I, you know, I did. What amounted to 14 shows there, and really the best, the best body of work of all the things I did. Let me put this in right now, and again, don't use this. <laughs> but Doug Kramer, who was the head, who was the head mm-hmm. of production at Paramount, died mm-hmm. last, this week or last week. Right. And I didn't gloat, but, oh. I, didn't, but I didn't cry. Spoken like a true Hollywood survivor. Well, there's one more asterisk for the Star Trek record books. (laughs) Look, Ralph is a delight and a treasure. And there's still more of our conversation to share that speaks to now as well as then. So stay tuned, or whatever it is you do on the interwebs, (laughs) Tholian or otherwise. 
The Trek Files. Produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Hey, all of our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. And have you checked out all the Trek Files new swag and shirts at the Trekland shop? At tpublic.com slash stores slash trekland hyphen shop. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek, that's me, and Portal 47 at larrynimacek.com. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.